We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello again, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 31. I am your host, Randy Luna. And I am Corey Taylor. And this is the It's and Back to Summer edition, but I think it might be more apropos to call it the Allergies Galore edition Man, <laughs> or something. That's for sure. <laughs> the wind is blowing something in, and I don't know what it is. You've got the sniffles. I mean, I don't feel sick. I'm just, I've been sneezing all day. I, I have cough and I have runny eyes and I have a runny nose. So yeah, something's going on. Well, it's a good thing your your wife's a nurse, so that'll work. She's not my nurse. Oh well, yeah, well, she knows what to do. Get, she get is a those, nurse. But those antihistamines. I'm I'm right. getting close to to taking one myself. But aside from that, let's uh, let's talk about the break last week. Cool weather last week. I think we had we uh, Mother Nature played a little trick on everybody. Got, yeah. got everybody thinking it was fall already. I mean, earlier in August, and everybody was ready for the pumpkin spice lattes and the hoodies and the trees to turn colors. But that's not going to happen in August. So, oh, I, well, it may happen in August for like two days. But right. Uh, <laughs> but that was bizarre. I was watching the uh, that storm system move up, and it, it it started spinning pretty tight and just cranked a bunch of that Canadian air down into our region. And I think I think one day we didn't even get out of the 70s, wasn't it? It wasn't good for swimming, <laughs> if you like to go swimming. It was great if you like to do outdoor activities like hiking and go out to Civil Dollar City. That was wonderful. Or camping. I know some people went camping. But fortunately, a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the stuff was closed in Branson last week because it's the first week of school and a lot of things closed down. So Yeah. But uh, it was very nice, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, and we got some well-needed rain. That's that's the cool thing. We did. I mean, I, I think we made a a dent in the drought, but it's well, we made a noticeable dent, but it's still there, yeah, which was expected. It's hard to tell uh, how exactly they monitor that after each rainfall. So we may have made more of a dent this week than we saw last week. It's hard to tell. Yeah, that's right, because they, they only come out once a week. Right. And and there was a an improvement. I mean, some areas in southwest Missouri are still under a, like, is it extreme or is it's, it's very uh, bad? It's severe. severe in parts of southwest Missouri, but it has shrunk. Now, they're still exceptional in north northern Missouri, oh, north yeah. central Missouri. Now, the Miami area over in Oklahoma, uh, they, they improved Drastically, they they had tons of rain over there. Oh, so. that's awesome. Well, I mean, and looking at the long range charts, I mean, I, I checked the 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 climate prediction center. I checked all these these things. It looks like the GFS and the EC models are kind of hinting that we're going to be more in a zonal flow, and a zonal flow means we're going to have impulses riding in. So we may have some additional rounds of rain. I mean, one of them is Wednesday. Um, 
They're they're talking. SPC put put us in a marginal risk. For I it. noticed that. I hope I hope we uh, get a little something, some yeah. excitement to get us through the the boring heat. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Oh, and speaking of heat, I was looking at the at the heat advisories coming up for eastern eastern and uh, or northeastern Missouri and most of. Illinois and St. Louis is under an excessive heat warning. And they do that a lot because, you know, it's all asphalt and, you know, that heat builds up on all the asphalt and it affects the whole area. Oh, and those buildings or downtown and stuff. I mean, yeah, they're they're not even going to get overnight lows, probably below 75. And that's just hard on the human system. To, to even yeah, it, you know, especially within, if you're outside. And within days. I mean, here we are in the 70s, and like two days later, oh, got an excessive heat warning. August is, no wonder people have the sniffles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Crazy I heard, weather. I heard uh, on the uh, allergy reports, and too, and this uh, this is a little early for this to be happening, but uh, the allergy reports, the ragweed, uh, maybe that cold snap, the ragweed is starting to get into the, the allergens, and usually that didn't happen until later, like September. I think that cold snap, really dealt us with some some fun things that don't normally happen this early yeah. uh, it tricked a lot of uh plants and animals and my uh my cold so yeah know. yeah well if you actually have a cold you need to stay away from yeah. this so. <laughs> i don't know what i have i guess we'll find out if you come down yeah well yeah there you go none of my family has <laughs> one and i've had it for a good you know five or six days now so nobody yeah else. It, it's got to be allergies i uh, i normally don't get allergies so there must be something out there that and i need to find out exactly what it is because every every few augusts i get this huh and it's only in august so whatever gets released into the air in august maybe maybe i need to research that oh that would be cool yeah. and then you can tell us next segment and then i can wear a mask every august <laughs> or stuck up on Claritin or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this this breezy weather uh, is going to keep going. I mean, there's an intense system up there in Minnesota going into uh, Wisconsin, and they're getting ready to issue watches up there. There's they a got, watch up there right now, severe thunderstorm watch. Severe thunderstorm, yeah, enhanced risk. So yeah. uh, the way that circulation is, it, it, it kind of makes sense. It doesn't surprise me that, that that's moving up there, and it's got a trailing system coming down towards the Midwest, and that's going to increase our winds. So our winds tonight are, could gust up above 20 miles an wow. hour. And then tomorrow it's up, and that's probably in preparation for that thing coming in Wednesday. I'm not too convinced yet. I mean, I'm I'm still watching the maps on this thing Wednesday. Um, the National Weather Service did knock down the 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 pop chances a little bit. We're forty percent now on Wednesday and fifty on Thursday, and hmm. it was fifty and sixty. So that kind of tells me maybe their confidence is not that great we're just gonna have to to watch that and and see and <clears throat> excuse me yeah you're, you're gonna hear us coughing and sneezing mm-hmm. and everything during this episode so uh yeah uh, it, it, i i just hope we're gonna okay temperatures are gonna fall back this weekend but not too much we're gonna get like upper 80s around 90 that's kind of normal for this time of year i mean the the, the middle 90s is kind of above kind of ab, abnormal mm-hmm. but uh looking at the cpc uh, climate prediction center i looked over the the next they go in three month ranges and i went looked over the next several things and it looks like the temperature they're forecasting will be uh slightly above normal and precipitation will have equal chances yeah that's what i saw so I don't know. We need the rain. 
We do. Really, really bad. And speaking of rain, let's talk about the tropics. We got some... Uh, well, the Atlantic is having a, a drought of its own. Uh, there's nothing in the Atlantic. No. <laughs> this is so crazy. I mean, we're getting into the time of year, the season. August, September is the peak season. I mean, I did look at the GFS... Uh, the, the the GFS, which is it's a global model, so we can actually look anywhere in the world and see what the GFS is saying. But it is for forecasting uh, thunderstorms just to come off that Cape Verde Islands. But there's a big old high pressure right in the middle of the Atlantic, and it looks like something wants to develop off of the Cape Verdes, but then it just gets sheared out, and and so uh, I don't know if we're going to have a very we may season. It, it'll be over before you know it. Yeah, we'd be talking about winter. This is the this is the this isn't the week in weather that I'm going to bring up later. But also this week in weather was the week Katrina hit. So oh, this yeah. is the time we would have had these big these big hurricanes come through, but nothing in the Atlantic. Yeah, but the Pacific is mm-hmm. fairly active now. I, I just checked. Uh, we have Tropical Storm Miriam, which is well east of Hawaii, and it's it's uh, she'll be a hurricane soon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and but but the good thing is this one's not headed towards Hawaii. I mean, it is right now, but it's several hundred miles away, and it's forecasted to make a right turn. So it's going to shoot up north and then get into some cooler water and kind of kind of diminish. Uh, but we have another one right behind it, and it's 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 just something to watch right now. We don't. Uh, it's it's not a tropical storm yet, but the confidence is very high. This thing is going to be a tropical storm, so we're going to have to watch that one a little bit. And what about Lane? Man, that Lane, I tell you what. <laughs> Big Island, Lane dumped 51 inches on the western side, dumped one inch on the eastern side. No way. How does it do that? It must be the, the volcanic yeah. mountains. Oh, well, I don't know, but... Well, it's interesting what watching radar. I mean, uh, when I watch the Hawaiian radar on the on the on the Big Island, they actually have two radars on that on the Big Island. Mm-hmm. But uh, you see the the rain pinwheeling around, and then it looks like halfway. If you dissect the island, then the rain just stops. So it's got to be the volcanic mountains. You know, the volcanoes. I thought it was a radar anomaly when I saw it because it, it, it just looked like it just went to nothing. Yeah, halfway through the island, yeah, right. <laughs> But but like you said that on on the on that western side one inch is all they yep. got. That's what I read this morning. Gosh, and they finally uh, they finally get rid of that flash flood warning. Uh, I mean, it was terrible. Yeah, I saw some video over there. It was pretty bad. Fifty one inches. Fifty one. Now, do you remember what Harvey dumped? Uh, it was it was it was fifty something close to it? that. Yeah, and Harvey close. just sat there, and they yeah. had they, that's the Houston storm we're talking about, and just. I mean, these storms are laden with moisture here lately. But I looked at the the Kauai Kauai radar, which is the westernmost island. It, uh, it it's got its radar. There's actually four radars on Hawaii. Did you know that? I did know that. I I didn't know that at first. I knew that from looking at radar scope last this during lane. So. Yeah, four radars. Yeah. So there's one I think on Maui, and there's another one on Kauai. And uh, radar scope has this feature. Uh, it's a very standard resolution, but it can go out. Uh, it's called the 248 mile. It just stretches way out uh, beyond the normal range of the radar, and you can see Lane. I mean, it's not circuit. I mean, it's not a hurricane anymore. It's, it's not a tropical system. But wait a minute. Oh, it is. Oh, ding 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 ding. Oh, we got an update. Tropical storm. 
It's rain. Rain. Lane has regenerated, and it is a tropical storm now. And the projected path is going to take it away from the island, so Lane is not going to pose any problem. Headed right for Hollister. Yeah, right for, in, Ridge, in Ridgedale. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going out, and then it's going to re-strengthen and get stronger. But again, we're saying it's going away from the island. So what damage that has been done on Hawaii uh, is from Lane. Uh, you're not going to get any more from that. Uh, so, we're, boy, the Pacific is active. The uh, <laughs> the Atlantic is dead, and the Pacific is just cranking. And it's that one area that we always keep talking about. It's southwest of Mexico, uh, maybe like in it's above the El Nino, north of the El Nino region, and they just keep firing and keep firing and keep firing. <laughs> it's crazy. It's very interesting for sure. But we like it. It gives us something to do with with this weather. Yeah. And like we said, we've got uh, here. We've got a couple of. Uh, days, uh, three days of hot weather, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, we've got that storm system coming in, and we might, uh, uh, if, if we get some marginal risk, there might be some lightning and some hail out of that, but uh, we're definitely not, at this point, looking at anything widespread. I just wanted to train, that's all. Yeah, and uh, we want to bring up that, uh, that Wheatland Fire Department. Wasn't that something? Got struck by lightning. Got struck by lightning. Yeah. And four other, I think, neighboring, what is it, neighboring uh, fire stations had to come over mm-hmm. and help them. Mutual aid is what it's called. They, they had to call mutual aid. The Wheatland Fire Department was on fire. You don't see that often. Yeah. Well, they don't, since they're a volunteer, they're not there all the time. So they weren't there oh. to put it out. So it was going pretty well once they got there. Plus, all their equipment is probably in there. Wasn't that in the morning? I mean, it was like 6.45 or somewhere yeah, in the morning. somewhere in there. A lightning strike. This weather is nuts. But uh, thinking is talking about lightning, we've got our weather school is about lightning today. And it it's a little longer than our normal weather school, but I found some such fascinating information. Some stuff I didn't even know about lightning. Oh, shocking. Oh, I think we better get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. The sky is getting really dark, and I'm starting to hear thunder. Guess it's time to go inside, because I sure don't want to get struck by lightning. Lightning is a sudden electrostatic discharge that occurs typically during a thunderstorm. This discharge occurs between electrically charged regions of a single cloud, called intracloud lightning, or IC, or between two clouds, called cloud-to-cloud, or CC lightning, or between a cloud and the ground, or CG lightning. The best studied and understood form of lightning is cloud-to-ground, although more common intracloud and cloud-to-cloud flashes are very difficult to study given there are no physical points to monitor inside the clouds. Also, given the very low probability lightning will strike the same point repeatedly and consistently, 
Scientific inquiry is difficult at best in the areas of high cloud-to-ground frequency. There are roughly 5 to 10 times as many cloud flashes as there are cloud-to-ground strikes. On Earth, the lightning frequency is approximately 40 to 50 times a second, or nearly 1.4 billion flashes per year and the average duration is about two-tenths of a second, made up from a number of much shorter flashes or strokes of around 60 to 70 microseconds. About 1 in 20 cloud-to-ground lightning bolts is positive lightning. This is a type that originates in the positively charged tops of cumulonimbus clouds. These strikes reverse the charge flow of typical lightning bolts and are far stronger and more destructive. Positive lightning can stretch across the sky and strike out of the blue, more than 10 miles from the storm cloud where it was born. Lightning is not only spectacular, it's dangerous. About 2,000 people are killed worldwide by lightning each year. Hundreds more survive strikes, but suffer from a variety of lasting symptoms, including memory loss, dizziness, weakness, numbness, and other life-altering ailments. Strikes can cause cardiac arrest and severe burns, but 9 out of 10 people survive. The average American has about a 1 in 5,000 chance of being struck by lightning during a lifetime. On average, a lightning bolt can contain up to 1 billion volts of electricity. How hot is a lightning bolt? Well, it's only about 54,000 degrees Fahrenheit, or about five times hotter than the surface of the sun. Lightning's extreme heat will vaporize the water inside of a tree, creating steam that may blow the tree apart. Cars are havens from lightning, but not for the reason that most people believe. Tires conduct current, as do metal frames that carry a charge harmlessly into the ground. An average lightning bolt can release enough energy to power a 100-watt light bulb for more than three months straight. Many houses are grounded by rods and other protection, that conduct lightning bolts electricity harmlessly into the ground. Homes may be also inadvertently grounded by plumbing, gutters, or other materials. Grounded buildings offer protection, but occupants who touch running water or use a landline phone may be shocked by conducted electricity. We've already talked about the three main types, intracloud, cloud-to-cloud, and cloud to ground, but there are other types of lightning as well. Anvil crawlers, also known as spider lightning. These are horizontal, tree-like, in-cloud lightning discharges whose leader propagation is resolvable to the human eye. In other words, the anvil crawler's movement is slow enough compared to most lightning discharges that a human observer or normal speed video camera can see its rapid motion across the sky. This type of lightning often covers very large distances, resulting in a vast, spectacular sky-filling discharge. Anvil crawlers are often very high-altitude events, 
and as such typically result in soft, rolling thunder due to their great distance from the observer. The name anvil crawler is derived from the visible crawling motion and their tendency to appear along the underside of the anvil portion of a thunderstorm. Anvil crawlers can either occur independently completely within the cloud or in connection with a cloud-to-ground discharge. We also have what we call the bolt from the blue. This is a name given to a cloud-to-ground lightning discharge that strikes far away from its parent thunderstorm. A bolt from the blue typically originates in the highest regions of a cumulonimbus cloud traveling horizontally a good distance away from the thunderstorm before making a vertical descent to Earth. Due to the final strike point being a significant distance from the storm, sometimes more than 10 miles away, these lightning events can occur at locations with clear blue skies overhead, hence the name. While many bolts from the blue are positive flashes, some of them are not. Next we have bead lightning. This is a name given to the decaying stage of a lightning channel in which the luminosity of the channel starts breaking up into segments. Nearly every lightning discharge will exhibit beading as the channel cools immediately after a return stroke, sometimes referred to as the lightning's bead-out stage. Bead lightning is more properly a stage of a normal lightning discharge rather than a type of lightning in itself. Beading of a lightning channel is usually a small-scale feature and therefore is often only apparent when the observer or the camera is close to the lightning. Next we have sheet lightning. Sheet lightning is a term to describe clouds illuminated by a lightning discharge where the actual lightning channel is either inside the clouds or below the horizon, not visible to the observer. Sheet lightning is, simply speaking, ordinary lightning that is hidden by clouds or terrain aside from the flash of light it produces. We also have heat lightning. Heat lightning is really just ordinary lightning from faraway thunderstorms below the horizon. On a clear night, lightning flashes from a distant storm and can be seen hundreds of miles away. Heat lightning got its name because it is often seen on hot summer nights at a time when thunderstorms are usually common. And finally, the controversial ball lightning. <laughs> This is a rare phenomenon described as a floating, illuminated sphere that occurs during thunderstorms. It may move fast, slow, or stay stationary. It might be quiet or produce a hissing or crackling noise. It may pass through windows, last from seconds to minutes, and disappear slowly or suddenly, either quietly or with a loud bang. Now, no definitive photographs have ever been obtained of ball lightning, nor has any plausible scientific explanation been found for it to occur. Therefore, its existence remains questionable and currently given the same scientific credibility as a UFO. Furthermore, many ball lightning reports have been found to be nothing more than power line arcs and other unrelated events. The byproduct of lightning is thunder. 
Thunder can range from a loud crack to a long, rolling, soft rumble. You can tell just how far away a thunderstorm is by counting the seconds between the lightning flash and the thunder onset. A five-second time-lapse equals one mile, so if there's ten seconds between the lightning flash and when you hear thunder, then that portion of the storm is two miles away. A fun fact, people who are afraid of thunder suffer from brontophobia. There's really no safe place outside when a thunderstorm is in the area. So if you hear thunder, you are likely within striking distance of some lightning. Just remember, when thunder roars, go indoors. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. Very fascinating stuff. It was shocking. I it, like lightning. Lightning is sure beautiful. Was. I love it when it lightnings at night and I can sit there in my bed and just watch it. It's, it's Some people it scares, but I love it. So you don't have brontophobia then? Oh, no. I, no. I don't either. I have wake me up in the middle of the night phobia <laughs> yeah it's yeah, i've said this before it's so funny right if i'm just totally asleep in the middle of the night and 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 i just hear a little rumble of thunder my eyes pop open and i am ready to go look at radar and, right. and play weather well, if four, four in the morning well i know but it doesn't do good on my sleep schedule no. <laughs> being on storm is not good on a sleep schedule now so. i'm glad that there are both of us yeah, yeah so so, uh, yeah, because you get up early. You have to go Usually. to work early. Yeah. And I don't. But I, I can stay up late. So, our next segment is This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what right. you got in well, This Week in Weather History? This Week in Weather History. I don't know if you consider this weather or not, but it, it kind of affects the weather. Back on August 27th of 1883, Krakatoa Volcano exploded in the East Indies. The explosion was heard more than 2,500 miles away. Can you imagine Whoa. that? 2,500 miles away. <laughs> wow. I mean, that would be deafening if you're right there next to it. Of course, you'd probably be dead. Yeah, probably. Every barograph around the world, I guess that's how you pronounce that. Barograph. Barograph. Uh-huh. Well, I lost it. Barometer reading, yeah. Right. It recorded the passage of the airwaves up to seven times. Uh, giant waves, 120 feet high, traveling 300 miles per hour, devastated everything in their paths, hurling ashore coral blocks weighing up to 900 tons. Holy cow. It killed more than 36,000 people, and volcanic, volcanic ash was carried around the globe in the 13 days, and it, and it produced blue and green suns in the tropics. Oh, wow. That would be neat, but you wouldn't want to breathe all that. You know? No, no, that that would be ungood. It had, of course, the vivid red sunsets in the higher latitudes. You know, that would yeah, probably I be cool. Yeah, I bet that's cool. They didn't have the picture, the, cam- the good cameras back then, though. The temperature of the Earth was also lowered uh, one degree over the next two years after Krakatoa. Wow. You know that that makes sense though, because they they talk about these major explosions. You get all that volcanic ash 
goes up into the sky and it filters the sun. The sun yeah. can't heat the earth like it normally does. And that would affect the weather, you know. Yeah, so I years. mean we could directly relate that sure. to 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 the weather. And yeah. I think when Mount St. Helens blew, um I can't remember how long ago. That was a long time ago. I mean, it 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 shot up in the air and I remember uh several 81. Yeah, 81 1981. I was a little kid. I graduated I high school. There you oh, go. There you go, boy. I was four. <laughs> oh gosh. But I mean, it the, it went so far up in the sky. It traveled across the earth, and people in England were seeing the effects of wow. that. Which is crazy, and it, it, cooler, cooler temperatures. So yeah, Krakatoa. Mm-hmm. It was 18. What did you say? 18. 1883. Wow, that is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So Krakatoa, that sounds like a special word. Maybe we should get to the Stormdar Weather Word of the Week. It's the Weather Word of the Week. And this week's Stormdar Weather Word of the Week is... Anonometer. Yes. The device that measures wind speed. Yeah, it's such an odd word. A little twirly thing, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you see them, and especially they use them a lot when uh, when the storm chasers go out. Mm-hmm. The pros that come out, they have these little devices that measure pressure and wind, and they usually have three arms on it, and it just with little cups on it, yeah. and it just goes around and around and around, and kind of like a speedometer works, and it'll tell you how fast the wind is moving. We need one of those. We definitely need one of those, and I want, I really, really, really want to get one of those home stations and put it up on the house. Mm-hmm. You know, because away, I don't know, away from trees or something, or what? We need one. We need two. It'd be great to have like four or five. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can't have too many of those. Oh, gosh. Well, I think Corey and I are going to go blow our nose for a while. Huh. So, uh, anyway, you got anything else? I'm done. <laughs> okay. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>